0: Good evening, church. Let's just all rise up to our feet. It's so awesome to be here this evening. Let's just lift our joys, lift our praises to the Lord.
1: the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison. You believe that? Give a shout of praise. He is worthy.
0: Amen. There is joy. There is joy because we know who we are. Because He gives us an identity. Amen. Our identity is found in Christ. We are no longer a sinner. We are no longer slaves. We are child of God. Amen. Who
1: am I that the
0: Of God, give them praise. Come on, let's declare our, ident- our identity. Amen. Oh, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that with you we have a name. And Lord, tonight, we need to hear it we need that reminder we need the reminder that we are your children and that with you we have nothing to fear Lord we're struggling in our family in our marriage at work we're struggling with addiction we're struggling with depression and anxiety But Lord, you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. And Lord, I've seen it in everyone's life, and I've seen it in mine a few times. And I know you're going to do it tonight and for the rest of my days.
2: You are here.
0: Come on. Pastor Mike was saying on Sunday, we don't pray to a deaf God. He hears us. And even when we can't find the words to muster up how we feel, what we're going through, He understands. When Moses was leading God's people out of Egypt and they came in front of the Red Sea, The enemy was right behind them. And they were scared. But it was by faith. It was by faith that they trusted God. Moses trusted God to split that Red Sea so that they can flee. And it was by faith that the Israelites were able to bring down the walls of Jericho and go to the Promised Land. And it's by faith that the disciples knew what Jesus had to do for us. It was by faith that Jesus went through with what he did to save us. Jesus teaches that we don't need no special words to pray. He teaches us, our Father, who art in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And God's people said amen. Come on, even when I don't see it. Can we sing that again one more time?
3: Thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for who you are, the way maker. Thank you, Jesus. Even when you don't feel it or see it, He is working because we walk by faith, as AJ was saying, but not by sight. So, even though you don't see it or feel it, we don't live by feelings, we live by truth. Jesus Christ is always there. He never abandons you. That is truth. Jesus Christ can turn anything around. That is truth. Jesus Christ is in control of everything. That is truth. So, Father, we claim your truth tonight over our lives, over our families, over our community, over our city, over our state, over our country, and over this world. Father God, people see the world as completely out of control but thank you God that you have not stepped off of the throne you are still on the throne you are a sovereign God in control and our freedom of living without boundaries is killing us so God I pray that Lord you would teach people that boundaries were given for a reason to free us to live And not bind us. To free us to be the men and women of God you've called us to be. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray healing over our land. We ask that you forgive us of our sins because God, we as God's people, we as the church, we as the Christian body of Christ, we as the followers of Christ, have not done our job to evangelize and win this city and this state for Jesus Christ forgive us Lord forgive us there's people that are dying and going to hell and some of those people are related to us forgive us Lord God give us a holy boldness to speak life over death hope over despair promise over failure Father God we're believing that Lord you're going to minister and you're going to meet every need here tonight every need so pour out your spirit minister supernaturally God I pray to the person on my left I pray to the person on my right I pray for the person in front of me and those behind me that God you're going to meet their every need Lord I don't know what they came in burdened with but I pray that Lord they can lay it down at the cross and you free them of that anxiety and fear and burden and Lord you just give them the peace of God which surpasses all understanding Guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, welcome. Welcome to this place. God, I pray that every person watching online, they feel an overwhelming presence of your goodness, the overwhelming presence of your grace and mercy. That, Father God, everyone within the reach of my voice experience the overwhelming power of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in the holy name of Jesus and God's people said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise and give him praise. Amen. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came tonight. I'm so glad you're here. God's got a word for you. God has something he wants to do in your life. And then you may be seated. Youth class. Our youth are dismissed at this time. Youth, you guys go rock it out for Jesus in your sanctuary. Our youth are dismissed. That's 6th grade to 12th grade. And would you say thank you to our youth who gave us snow cones tonight? They had snow cones for us if you got here early. They were giving them away and the people were refreshed and now everyone's got red and red tongue and red lips and but they, they look beautiful. <laughs> Guys, I just want to remind you that um, we got a lot of things going on. This Sunday, church, this Sunday kicks off vacation Bible school. It's gonna be a glorious time. Please put it on your prayer list. Pray that God's anointing be over the teachers, the workers, and all of the children here. Pray that God show up and really minister to them. It's gonna be from Friday, a, a Saturday, Sunday night through Thursday night. So we really hope that those five nights just be glorious in the presence of God. wanna let you know that uh, this Friday is men of honor. Man, I really hope you join me. It's gonna be a glorious time. There's a very famous, Jim Hawkins, a famous basketball player, NBA player, is gonna be speaking. He's gonna be there. It's gonna be at Casa del Rey. If you don't know where Casa del Rey Church is, if you know where Walmart is at I-40 and Coors, it's literally right behind it. And we're gonna be there this Friday. And at 5 o'clock, they start having food trucks there so you could have your dinner there if you want. But at 6.30, kicks off the event, and it's just going to be an amazing time. So men, please mark your calendar. Be there this Friday. It's going to be great. Wives, mark your calendar to make sure your husband gets over there. Say, babe, please go over there. I want some peace and quiet tonight. You go get worship. (laughs) You get fired up for Jesus, and when you come home, you can tell me all about it. Hey, the 31st of this month, the last Friday of the month, not this Sunday. I keep saying Friday, the last Sunday. Not this coming Sunday, but the next. We're going to be having baptisms. If you've never been baptized since you've given your life to Jesus Christ, it really is a very important part of your salvation, a very important part of your testimony to give a public declaration of what's taking place inside. So please join us. On that Sunday, we're also gonna have Meet the Pastors. If you've never really got to know who the pastors are, we hope you'll sign up for that and join us. It's a one-hour time together. We have some snacks and just tell us a little bit about ourselves and our vision for this church. And on the 31st, I have invited APD to join us here. APD, not to arrest anybody, so calm down. If you have a warrant, take care of it, but they're not here looking for any criminals. We're gonna have what we're calling coffee with a cop. So this is the time to get to know them, that they're normal people, they're ordinary people that have families just like you and I, but their job happens to be their police officers. And they've, I've asked them to join us on the thirty-first, so they're going to be here between services. You can have coffee. You cu- uh, give them a donut. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I meet with the I meet with the chief of police and all the staff, and I give them I give them grief all the time. And they go, Pastor, the reality is, if you have donuts, we'll love it. So we're going to have coffee with a cop, and it's going to be on the thirty-first. And it's just a time for us to. Let APD know that in spite of some of their setbacks, we are praying for them. We stand with them. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a ministry here called Stand True for Blue. And if you wanna adopt a police officer or a first responder, it doesn't have to be APD, it could be Bernalillo County, it could be sheriff, it could be the sheriff, it could be a firefighter, or whatever, if you wanna adopt one to pray for them, you're gonna have that opportunity. And then there's just a lot of really neat things, but one of the things I said, not this Friday and Saturday, but next Friday and Saturday, we're gonna have a really amazing worship conference here. Dr. John Thurman is gonna be here. He is, a, he is a Christian psychologist, and he's gonna be preaching on reigniting and reuniting the family. And and this is, look, if you're having a marriage that's on fire, you gotta be here to keep it on fire. If you've got one, a marriage that's the, the fire's kind of getting low, you gotta come here how to fan the flame and get the flame going again. If you've got a marriage that the fire's almost out, it, it, it's about helping you to have a successful marriage. So we ought to pack this place out. We're also gonna be talking about singles. How does the church incorporate singles and how do the singles fit in the the life of a church? We're gonna be talking about blended families. I know some of you don't like hearing that word, but the reality is if you have children from different parents and on and on, the dynamics of bringing that together. So we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about husbands and wives, how to really, really, really ex- just reignite your marriage and then the family as a whole. So I really hope you'll be here. That's Friday and that's Friday and it's gonna be July the 29th and Saturday, June, uh, July the 30th. So I really hope you'll be here. Really, really hope you'll be here. There's a lot of other announcements, but you know what i i I said enough, so uh, let's get into the word guys i i I just want to say to you that Jesus Christ is the Lord, amen, yes. and Jesus Christ can turn things inside out, he goes right for the heart and he pulls it out. And he transforms lives. He makes them brand new. He totally just puts a spark in them and just changes families. I was talking to a family the other day that the, the husband used to be a hardcore alcoholic and, and a drug addict. And the wife was a partier and she was always getting in a lot of trouble because she was partying so hard. And and the kids were just lost and they... and. Man, God got a hold of the dad and I'm telling you, man, when God gets a hold of a man, there's greater influence in the family than moms and no offense moms, but when the dad is leading in the household, more of the children will give their life to Jesus than when mom is. Just the impact of dad's So dads, if you've abandoned your children, I pray you could reconcile. And if they don't want to reconcile with you, then I pray that you adopt someone to pour yourself out into. But this man got a hold of Jesus and Jesus got a hold of him and his wife. And man, radical changes took place. And he said, pastor, I'm gonna do what you've been telling us. Break the generational curse. I'm gonna end it. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to leave a new legacy for my family. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Leaving a spiritual legacy for our family. To really leave Jesus Christ and the center of your home and the meaning of that and educating your children and pouring yourself out so that they would hunger and thirst for the things of God and hunger and thirst for righteousness and hunger and thirst for coming to church not because they wanna hang out, but because they're learning about how to transform their life. And also, they love hanging out with godly people. So if you've got your Bibles in the book of Matthew, chapter six, you see that Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He started it in chapter five of Matthew. Chapter six and chapter seven is all the Sermon on the Mount. And he taught so much truth If you want to see what Jesus was all about, he's teaching truth throughout that and he's speaking it into the lives of those listening. And in chapter 6, he shifts and he starts talking about the individual, the perfect individual, the one that's going to concentrate completely on the Lord. And he starts off in chapter 6 of just saying, man, you, you got to really guard your heart and you need to start focusing on the things you're looking at because the eye is a window to the heart. And when he gets to verse 19, in chapter six, verse 19, 20, and 21, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal Instead, he says, store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Then he says, Who, wherever your heart is, hear that, wherever your heart is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So he's saying, where your heart is, that, that's where it's showing what your, where your desires are. It's showing what you're about. It shows your family. It shows your friends. It shows everyone who you are, where your heart is desiring, what it's desiring, what it wants and what it needs. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us right now to really get some principles on how to establish a spiritual legacy for our family, to really leave a legacy of righteousness, of love and joy and peace, of the grace and mercy of God. Lord, teach us how to do that, I pray in Christ's name, amen. The very first thing I wanna say is you're gonna leave a, a, a spiritual legacy. A spiritual legacy needs to be a mandatory priority in your life, in your family. You've got to determine we are going to leave a spiritual legacy. That's before riches. That's before any kind of money we're going to leave our kids. That's before the stuff we gather, a house and cars and all these things. The thing we're going to declare is we are making this a Christian household This is where Christ reigns. This is where Christ and he leads our family and he is supreme over our home and we are declaring that we are a Christian household. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but God is perfecting us every single day. We are gonna be that. This is what we're gonna put as a priority. We're gonna make a priority that we are truly gonna do it God's way that we're going to impact the lost and dying world, but it's going to start in our household. That our son and our daughter, our father and our mother, our brother and our sister, our friends and our neighbor, our grandparents and our grandchildren, and those relatives are going to hear about Jesus Christ even before we go to the total stranger. A lot of times we're embarrassed to share spiritual things in our home. We get like, oh man, they're going to think I'm all weird and, They're going to say, here comes Richard. Here comes Richard. Now, he's probably going to come, and he's going to come to the cookout, and he's going to come with his big old Bible, and he's going to just cramp it down our throats. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against me. I don't even have to have a Bible to be able to share God's love. I don't have to prove anything. I have my Bible and I carry my Bible and my Bible is now even in my phone. So if I don't have a Bible Bible, guess what? I have the Bible Bible. And I can share and I could care. But you know what? We've got to decide. My family, starting with my husband or my wife, my family, starting with my son or my daughter, my family starting with my brother or my sister. My family, starting with my grandparents or grandma and grandpa, my family needs to know Jesus Christ, and that is going to be the goal that I have in my life. you got to declare that. You remember when Joshua had now marched into the promised land, and he finally got there, and they get there, and some of the people of God are starting to worship foreign gods. They're doing dumb things. It's like, Really? He brought us out of the wilderness wilderness, and before that he brought us out of Egypt and now you're going back to that garbage it's not like none of us have ever gone back to that garbage sometimes we've done some really dumb things haven't we sometimes we backslid or sometimes we we have Jesus but we want a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of that it's like what's wrong with us we're entertaining foreign gods we're entertaining foreign things We have to declare, like Joshua did in Joshua chapter 24, starting at verse 15, and he said, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, hear me, if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. There's no wishy washy. You're either hot or cold, there's nothing in between cause if you're lukewarm I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I'm going to vomit you out. So lukewarm Christians are sickening to Jesus. God vomits us. And I know that's a harsh word but that's what the word says. He literally gets us and you're like, "Oh, this is gross." Have you ever wanted pozole and you're ready for some pozole and it's pozole time and man but it's been sitting there a long time? And even the grease is starting to get, it's turned in. And all of a sudden you get a bowl and you go, oh, my gosh. I thought this was warm. It's lukewarm and it's sickening. We're sickening as lukewarm Christians. Okay, here we go. We're back at the scripture. Sorry about that. He goes, choose who you're going to serve. Would you prefer the gods of, our, of your ancestors Serve beyond the Euphrates? He's going, Are you are we gonna choose our ancestors? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites? So he's saying to us today, Who are you gonna pick? Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Are you gonna serve that God? Or you gonna get into whatever feels good and oh and and I'm new age and I got a crystal and I get a crystal out and and, and then I get a rock and Oh, my goodness gracious, what's wrong with us? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you you now live? But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house... We choose the God of our ancestors. As for me and my house, we choose the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As for me and my house, we choose Jesus Christ our Lord. As for me and my house, we choose the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because we are Christians and we're followers of Christ and we're going to live like it. You got to make a declaration. Sometimes we let our family intimidate us. Some of your husbands are intimidating to you ladies. Oh, you're going to church who'd you fall in love with over there? His name's Jesus. His name's G Je- But you better tell him Jesus Christ the Lord. Because he goes, oh, Jesus, huh? You found Jesus as a boyfriend now. <coughs> Look, there's some men that are jealous because you're in love with another man and his name's Jesus Christ the Lord. Where are you going? You're always at the church, hon. Boy, Husband. I don't know what happened. Who do you meet? Do you meet a girl? No, I met the Holy Spirit. They got a hold of me, and he's just, he's impacting my life. See, we need to step up, and we need to declare, you know what? We're going to be a Christian home. Son, daughter, we're going to be a Christian home. I know we haven't always been, and I know we've really been stupid, and I know we've gone off the deep end before, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to do it right. Look what he says right there in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12. Be careful not to forget the Lord. So don't leave the Lord out of stuff who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. How quick they forgot and how quick we forget. What did the Lord do to me? I'm the one that goes to work every day. I'm the one that does, I'm the one that bought this TV. I'm the one that bought this food. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. If you don't want the Lord and you want him to take back everything that he's given you, let me tell you something, what he's contributed, he's given you your life, first of all. Then he's given you oxygen to breathe. And then he's given you the blood that flows through your body. And then he's giving us provision. He's given us farmers that farm the land because God waters it. God raises it up and they bring in the harvest. God is all over this place and sometimes we forget all about him. Shame on us. Shame on us. As for me and my house, we're going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and we're going to do it right and we're going to do it his way and not our way and we are going to lift up the banner of Christ and we're going to say hallelujah. But man, how many times has your kid put you on the spot? Man, I, I, I was talking to a family and they were at a cookout and they were at the cookout of the Christian family's sibling. It was a brother and a brother and they invited the family and they went over there. And all of a sudden, dad, who's been sober, decided to have, oh man, it's just one beer. Like, my gosh, I'm not gonna go to hell for one beer. And got a beer. Then got the second beer. And the little five-year-old boy walked up and said, Daddy, why are you drinking that? You told me that was the devil's brew. Why are you drinking the devil's brew? And he said this in front of the whole family, and all the family started laughing. He said, oh, 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 he's putting you in your spot. And he said, you know what? He is. And he said, son, forgive me. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry, I embarrassed you, son. And he poured the beer out, and he goes, "No more beer for me, Michael. I'm sorry." And I said, "Praise God that you did what you did because you gained back the respect of your five-year-old son." Hear me. They're watching us. They're listening. They listen to almost everything. It's crazy. They could be in the same room with you and they could be playing on their tablet and all of a sudden something said and they answer and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know you were in the room anymore. (laughs) So we need to put that priority. Second thing we need to do if we're gonna leave a spiritual legacy is the spiritual legacy uses God's word as the standard for our attitudes, motives, and conduct. So God's word sets the attitude. Remember, Paul said, have the same attitude as Jesus has. He's saying, have the good attitude. Have a positive attitude. Have a clean attitude. Have an attitude that glorifies God. Use the word of God as the standard for how you're gonna behave in your household and even beyond. Some people act like they don't ever cuss But they cuss like sailors, and poor sailors, we always pick on them. But if you've ever been around them, they cuss a lot. And they come to church, and sometimes they forget that they're in church, and they're out there, and they're using certain language that you're like, dude, really? You're in church, man. Clean up your mouth. But it's that they have forgotten because they live it out so much, it's just part of them anymore. And you know what? God is saying, I have a standard for you. I have attitudes, motives, and conduct that I want you to live according to so that you do it the right way and you quit living according to the way you think life should be and instead you live it the way I want it to be. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, Paul writes, so that no one can criticize you. So hear me. If you don't want people criticizing you, take this advice. Live clean. Live clean. That doesn't mean just drug-free, alcohol-free. He's saying live clean. Live a right kind of life, a pure life, a holy life. Live clean. Innocent lives as children of God. So he's saying, you're supposed to be children of God. Why don't you live like it? Don't just be called a Christian by name. Be a Christian by life, by word, by following, by example, that you're truly living it out, that you have set a standard that you're going to live by, and you say, my attitudes are set by the Word of God. My motives are set by the Word of God. My conduct is set by the Word of God, and I'm doing this all for the glory of God. Innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights, in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So, even if you're at work or at school or just a gathering, a family gathering, and there's some people that are really lost and they're really perverted and they're talking really ugly, you don't sit there and you join them. Instead, you set the standard and you shine your light, and sometimes you finally just have to walk away because it's disgusting. And if you sit there and hanging out, before you know it, you start getting comfortable. And before you know it, you're giving a testimony to your children that it's okay to talk like that, even though you're not. And you're giving a testimony to your children that it's okay to not be clean all the time because you know what? You're hanging around a bunch of filth. And let me tell you, it rubs off more than what you think. So he's saying, live clean. Be children of God. Lights that shine in the darkness, innocent lives, like children of God. I want you to have the right attitude, the right motive, the right conduct to really do it right. In John chapter 13, verse 15, he says, Right there, I have given you an example to follow. Hear me, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Jesus is the one talking. He's going, guys, I've given you an example. They didn't get it up to that point. They didn't totally understand it. But let me tell you something. After Jesus died and rose again, they knew, oh my goodness gracious, this guy's the Messiah and this guy taught us and we need to do it his way. And that, way, that is why each one of them was martyred for the glory of God. They were willing to die for what they believed for. They were willing to go and face death because they knew, you know what? That which he imparted to me is worth following. Are you giving that example to your family? That which you live, that's what you love is worth following? Are they getting it? Are they seeing it in your life? Are they seeing that you are truly living it out because your attitude is a godly one? Or do you sit there and murmur and complain about everything? And you have this horrible disposition and this attitude that, is, that permeates the whole room. You know people like that. Man, you're having a good old time and you go, oh my gosh, Richard's here. Oh man. Come on, you know how it is. And everyone goes, thank God, Richard's gone. Now we can have fun. One person could change the whole atmosphere into a negative one. But guess what? One person could come in with the glory of God and change the whole atmosphere into a glorious one. Be that person. Be that person that changes things around. Be that person that turns it and makes it positive. Be that person. Man, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul is writing Timothy, and he's a young pastor. He's like 18 years old. And he says, look, Timothy, all Scripture, the Word of God, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's inspired by God. It's not man-made, man-made up, man-written. It's been given to us by God himself. And it's useful to teach us what is true and what makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. So he's saying, don't you get it? The word of God is gonna teach you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Haven't you ever been convicted by someone else just watching them? And you see what they're doing and you go, oh my gosh, what's wrong with them? And then you go, Lord, forgive me because I was doing that. Or I'm doing that. Or I've been there. Lord, I need to change. And then he goes on to say, it corrects us, hear this, when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. So God's word has a way of saying, hey, you're you're doing it wrong, you're messing up. Don't you get it? You're messing up. Don't you get it? You're not living it out. And God's word has a way of piercing our heart and we go, man, I'm messing up. <laughs> I'm not doing it right. I'm not following God's word the way I need to. I'm not, oh, Lord, forgive me. Father, forgive me, because I've really messed up. And so we really need to make sure that God's word is the standard in our household. God's word is the standard. Man, We've been teaching our kids to pray since they were young, and we pray together. We have a a, a prayer, uh, I mean, a, a network on on text that the four of us—meaning my wife, my son, my daughter, and I'm on—and every morning our daughter sends us a scripture, and then we comment on it and pray, and we encourage each other through prayer, and the, and because. We know that that's where you get your strength. We know that he's the one that's gonna do it for us. We know that he's the one that's gonna watch over us. And we do that to encourage each other. You could do that with your loved ones. There's a guy here at church that every day he sends out a a, a devotional and a scripture to about 25 people on this feed. And I'm one of the 25 And I'm like, man, this is awesome. What an awesome ministry, using texting for the right thing. Instead of, hey, man, hey, 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 you know what? Oh, my gosh. Some people say texting is of the devil. No, it's not. I think God invented the internet. I think God invented all this technology for us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to every (laughs) single living person. But we're foolish and we use it for the wrong reason. We need to really hold a standard for our attitudes, our motive, and our conduct. We need to live right. We need to live it out to the glory of God. Then the third thing we need to do if we're gonna leave a spiritual legacy, a spiritual legacy is built on implementing spiritual habits at home. What are your spiritual habits at home? You all have habits at home, stuff that you just do automatically. When you wake up, you get up, hey, babe, hi, hon, hey, kids, hey, kids, hi, mom, hey, my dad. And then, okay, you know, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair. Some people shower in the morning. Some people shower right before bedtime. And then you go in there, you get your cereal. You, get, you, know, you just kind of do everything. It's, it's automatic. You just grab stuff that's there because it's such a habit. Do you have a spiritual habit that you guys get up in the morning or in the afternoon or at night when you guys get together and you pray and you share and you read a devotional and you read the Word of God and you share the Word of God and you take in the Word of God and you impart the Word of God and you make sure that the Word of God is being spoken in your household and in your home? Are you doing that? Last Wednesday, actually on Thursday, I talked to David Sanchez, or youth minister. I said, dude, what did you preach on last night? Because man, my grandson, my oldest grandson, who doesn't hardly ever talk, he's got autism and he doesn't talk a whole lot. And he came home and he was there going, you know what, Grandpa? We've got to tell people, you know what? Tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And he tells me, you know what, Grandpa? He goes, we need to tell people, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you what your future is. And I go, orale, mijo, you're preaching that. And then he was pacing back and forth in our bedroom. Cindy's in bed and I'm in a chair and he's going, and you know what we need to tell people? We need to let them know that they need to turn their life around and they need to come to Jesus and they need to trust in him and believe in him. And he's going on and on and I'm going, oh my gosh, I look at Cindy like this is amazing. And I was like, man. And then I talked to David. and I, He goes, we, we didn't talk about any of that. <laughs> and I go, really? He goes, he was telling us. He was telling us. And, and I go, because I have a saying, you know, a lot of us have heard us, those of us that are Mexican or speak Spanish, our parents tell us, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. And he's there saying that. And I've said it, I guess I said it more than what I thought. But he's there saying that, and tell me who you are, tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you your future. And I go, oh, I, I didn't know that one. That's good. <laughs> and he was just sharing and sharing and talking, but he's getting into some habits now. Like he got baptized recently. Every place he goes, he goes, yes, I got baptized and I have a summer job. I'm <laughs> like, like that's, this is my resume. I got baptized. I'm a Christian. I'm like, praise the Lord. Might you never lose that boldness. See, we need to do those things. Get into some kind of spiritual habit that the family follows. And even if they go, okay, we got to do devotional. Do it anyway. Because the word does not return void. And when those kids are out there in school and being tempted with all the garbage they're tempted with, they will be able to stand firm. They will be able to say, no. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. If my mom and dad catch me doing this, I'm dead. We don't do those kind of things. We don't live like that. What habits are you forming in your household and into your children that they're going to grab a hold of? And you know what? Even if they get like, oh, here we go. Guess what? Do it. Well, I don't want to force my children on anything. You force them to take a bath. Get in there and take a shower right now. Is that abuse? No. It's because you care for them. Teach them the word of God because you care for them and you don't want them to go to hell. Well, I want them to explore whatever they want to believe. Are you really serious? Are you going to let them live like that in the world? Well, whatever they believe. They believe fentanyl is okay, so they're going to take fentanyl. They believe, Are you? you see where I'm coming from? Set some rules and set some standards and set some habits that they're going to grab a hold of. And even if they don't like them, before you know it, they're just going to love it because they're going to see the benefit of it. They're going to see the blessing. They're going to see the transformation that takes place in your life and in theirs. They're going to see the change that's taking place. They're going to see the things that are taking place that you need and they need like. We need to do that. In Luke chapter 2, verse 41 and 42, it says, Every year, Jesus' parents walked to Jerusalem for the Passover meal. So, they're going to the Passover meal. When Jesus was 12 years old, listen, he's 12. It's not because he was the son of God, he did things. He was modeled by his mom and dad. They would go every year. They attended the festival as usual. So, Jesus is 12, and he just knows every year we go to Jerusalem for the Passover, this is what we do as a family. But this particular time, he's there walking, and he gets lost in the crowd because he's teaching, and the people around him are going, this guy teaches as one who has authority. How can he do that as a young boy? It's Because he was brought up in a home where, Jesus Christ, where God was very much listened to and very much followed. Mary got a word. You are, have been chosen to carry the holy seed. She could have said no, but she said, be unto me that which you say. Go ahead, Lord, whatever you do, say, do it. Joseph said, man, my woman came up pregnant. I'm gonna have to divorce her. I, this, I can't handle this. The Holy Spirit came upon him and spoke to him in a dream and said, that which Mary told you, is absolutely true she's not lying she did not come up with that story that child that she's carrying it carries the holy seed of god that child was she was impregnated not by a man but by the holy spirit of the living god and you know what joseph did man lord forgive me that i wanted to divorce her i will do whatever you say and he took her as his wife and he named the baby jesus just like the lord had told him That's the kind of household Jesus grew up in, a spiritual household, not just because he was the son of God, but because he was taught the things of God by his mom and dad. Are you teaching them the things of God as mom and dad? Are you teaching them what it means? Are you teaching them what communion's about, what baptism's about, why we do some of the things we do, that we are a peculiar people? Have you taught them why we raise a hand? Some raise two hands. Some raise only one because they keep the other one on their wallet. They don't want anyone to get it. But all kidding aside, why do we raise hands? Because we're saying, oh God, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We can't believe everything you've done for us. You are so gracious. Have you taught them why we pray? Have you taught them why sometimes we kneel? Have you taught them why we come to listen to the word of God? Have you taught them why it's so important Kids in that class over there, kids from newborn all the way to fifth grade are learning the Word of God. And I'm telling you, there's parents that have told me, my kids love the children's church so much, we now even come on Wednesday nights. We never used to come on Wednesday nights. Sometimes we don't even want to come on Wednesday night. We've had a long day, but our kids, no, you've got to take us to church. No, you have to. Because they're being taught the real thing compared to a world that's lost and dying without any hope. Our youth are hearing the promise of God. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. He's the one that transforms lives. And they're hearing it. And sometimes they go, oh, here it goes again. But you know what? When it comes down to it, they know what they know what they know. And they've heard it, received it, and now they're trying to live it. That's why in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 39 and 40, it says, then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual, hear the word, They had just had the Passover meal. They had just had the Last Supper, and they left as usual, as they usually did, as Jesus did many a times, to the Mount of Olives to pray. Then he told them, pray, 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 that you will not give in to temptation. And you know what? While he was off in prayer, I've been to that place five different times. And when you go into the church, they built a church over what they believe is the rock that he prayed at. And I've seen that rock, and I, I literally envision him crying and praying for me. He prayed for you and me. He prayed for the lost. He prayed for the broken. And he said, guys, pray with me and they all fell asleep. And I think about that. They fell asleep while he's praying, and I think, a lot hasn't changed. The church is still asleep. We let craziness take place. We don't vote, we don't register to vote, and then we don't go to vote. I'm not into politics. Let me tell you something. Laws have come into being because Christians have kept their mouths shut and fell asleep on the job. I'm not talking politics right now. I'm talking the reality of Christians having a voice and Christians using it for the glory of God to make a difference and bring change and bring transformation and bring hope. Pray so that you won't fall into temptation. Pray, 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 pray. And to bring you the last thing. If we're going to have a spiritual legacy, a spiritual legacy needs a faith to follow. You got to be a follower. You got to be really living it. If you're not living it, your kids are going to go, yeah, right. Oh, well, you're a Christian. What kind of Christian are you? They know when you're half stepping it, don't they? They know it. They call you on it. And sometimes they don't even call you on it. But the way they're looking at you, the conviction's so strong. And you go, oh, man. You're there busted. Because you're not doing it right. You're not being truthful. We have to have a faith so that they can follow it. We can't give our faith away. We can't say, now that I'm saved, you're saved too. No, listen, it says me and my household will be saved, but I got to live it out and I got to lead them to Jesus because they have to receive it themselves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it says, and you should imitate me, Paul says, as I imitate Christ. Don't imitate me because I'm Paul. Don't imitate me because I'm the pastor. Don't imitate me because I'm a director. Don't imitate me because I'm the leader. Don't imitate me because I'm, because, because I'm, because I'm, imitate me because I follow Jesus and I live out a life that's worthy of following. So is your life worthy of following? Is your life literally gonna take steps that are gonna lead to Jesus? If people follow your footsteps, are they going to get to the Lord or are you going to lead them to hell? There's people that have amazing leadership ability. There's a lot of teenagers that have amazing leadership ability and they're leading people to hell because no one has redirected them. No one has told them and said, you know what? You have a calling on your life, but lead them to heaven, not to hell. So you know what? Let's leave a a real legacy. Let's leave a spiritual legacy to bring glory to our God. Pour it into your husband. Pour it into your wife. Pour it into your children. Pour it into your parents. Pour it into your siblings, your brother, sister, your grandparents, and your aunts and uncles. Pour it into your neighbors and your friends. Pour it into the people around you. Pour it in. Look, just because I'm a pastor, that doesn't mean anything. But I have become the pastor of my neighborhood. I live in a cul-de-sac, so we all know each other. And people go, Richard, hey, please pray for me. I'm going into surgery. Hey, pray for our marriage. Hey, pray for our kids. Hey, pray for us. We're going through a difficult time. And people text me or they call me or they come to my house. They see me outside and they're, Richard, hey. I I walk over there and, 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 and I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying it because I have tried real hard to live that example. And you know what? Now they're respecting it and they're calling me believing in it. But people around you have now started doing that same thing. Don't let it go to your head, but share it so that you confess that it's happening and that you tell the devil, guess what, devil? You lost. This soldier is a soldier of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. I am following the ways of the Lord. And if you have never done that, I know I always start here, but this is where it starts. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you need to surrender. Quit trying to run your own life. So if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that tonight, raise your hand. Say, you know what? That's me. That is me. I, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone here today? Well, then you know what? We're, we're, we're going to pray. Was there anyone, somebody did? Uh, Look, I I, I don't want to miss, if I didn't get to see you, I want to make sure that we pray with you. But but what I want to make sure is that we put our hope and trust in the Lord, that we lean into him, that today we declare ourselves clean by the blood of Jesus, and we declare our home clean, a follower of Jesus, and that we declare ourselves to start building a spiritual legacy for the glory of God. So if that's what you want, I pray that you come up to the altar and say, we're rededicating our lives. We are saying we're gonna totally be sold out to Jesus. So would you stand with us as we close? Would you stand with us as we celebrate? Would you stand with us as we say, God, pour your spirit into us because we wanna do it right. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as we pray, I pray that God, we could really believe the truth of this song, that you really are the way maker. And Father God, I pray that we would recommit ourselves completely to you. That God, if we have been just kind of off target and we have drifted from the center, and we've leaned to the left or to the right and not right down the middle, that today you would just reignite us and recommit ourselves completely to you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you pour yourself into us as we pour ourselves out, that there be less of us and more of you. So if you want prayer, I encourage you to come up right now. And I encourage you to just... Really trust Him to do that, which you're seeking. And if you're a prayer partner, please come up and pray with people. They're coming up here to say, I need more of God. And they want someone to agree with them. And they want someone to pray with them. And they want someone to just lean on to as they lean into the Lord. So make your way up as we pray.
2: You are here. Moving in darkness, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place.
3: I want to get real with you, God. I
2: worship you. I
3: want to get real.
2: I worship you. You are here. Working in this place. Sing it out. I worship you. Yes, we do, Lord. I worship you. Sing it again. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Waymaker, miracle worker. Promise Keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We maker, miracle worker, Promise Keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Let's pray. Lord, Lord we love you.
3: And we're so incredibly grateful for all that you've done. Father, would you just transform our life right now? As we put our trust in you, Lord, we're saying, God, there's some areas in our life that we need to clear up. There's some areas in our home that we need to get right. Because if we're going to leave a spiritual legacy, there's some things that we need to do different. So God, help us to trust your word. To really lean into you, Lord, and to really align our lives with the word of God for our Attitude, motive, and conduct to be right standing. That, Father God, we really pull away from the things that are destructive and we lean into the things that are righteous. Let us have and establish good habits. And, Father God, let us build a faith that's worth following. And, Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and God's people said amen. Amen. We love you, church. God bless you. You're dismissed to go change the world. Let it start in your life and in your home. God bless you.